Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. Pretty simple. You can follow me on the gram at Aaron88, A-R-O-N-88. As I am here until 8 p.m. Eastern as we have reached week 15 of the fantasy football season. Hopefully many of you are still alive as it is the semifinals. Congratulations if you advanced this far as you had to sweat out last night's game, which we'll talk about a little bit. Of course, you can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. That's if you want to win. We got you covered in so many different ways, whether it's season-long, DFS, sports betting. We're going to find you a way to put extra money in your pocket. So I want you guys to benefit and make sure you check us out, ScoutFantasySports.com. The Week 15 projections are up, obviously. Have some patience. A lot of people are asking a ton of questions today about their starting lineup, and I understand you're anxious. It's this semifinals, and you want to get this right, but take it easy, man. Take a step back and relax. I always say this. You need to have the most information at your hands before you make these decisions. We can make a preliminary lineup, but so many things can change between now and then. Just look back at what happened last weekend. Did anyone think Odell Beckham was going to sit out? I mean, that was stunning to find out Saturday afternoon he was out. So there's so many things that can change. And yes, we have a big game Thursday night with a lot of fantasy relevant players and news on that game as well with the Chargers and the Chiefs. So yes, you have to make some decisions early, but it's Tuesday. We haven't even ran the waiver wire yet. So take it easy. You know, let's get through the waiver wire first and we'll make sure that we give you the right picks uh, to win. Or, you know, again, nothing is guaranteed. Things happen that we don't expect, but we try to give you the best rationale and reason for the pick that we make to help your starting lineup. Speaking of the waiver wire, the fab blind bidding guide is up for week 15. You can check that out now. Again, the prices are irrelevant at this point because we're winding down. So if you need someone and you can spend all your money, there's no need in holding it. You know, the goal obviously right now is to get through this week and get to that championship week. So don't worry about the prices, you know, if you have someone that you really need, you got issues at running back, unload the clip on that running back and get him. Uh, there's no need in saving at this point. So you can check out all the players there who uh, I think uh, you could potentially add. We got uh, news and notes for week 15 from Dr. Roto as well as his podcast. And, of course, we'll answer those questions on the message boards and forums, whatever you have, basketball, baseball, football, uh, we covered all. We're getting a lot of actually fantasy baseball dynasty questions as the hot stove is heating up. So whatever it is, we are here all year round. There's also a pick'em contest as well. It's free to enter, and you could still win prizes. So if you go to the site, scoutfantasysports.com, 
there's a bar up on the left-hand side, the third thing. It says Pick'em Contest. Click on that. Enter it again. It's free. You get you don't lose anything. We also have you covered in DFS, ScoutDFS.com. Again, NBA's been fire. Once again, last night I was spitting out Nikola Jokic. He was low-owned, one of the highest players on the slate scoring. I think he had like 55 DK points. So, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people didn't go to him because the over-under on that game was 198. But if you looked closely at Denver, they were really shorthanded. And Jokic was asked to do a lot more. We already know the versatility he has. So that's just one example of how the opto can kind of alert you to a player. You dig deep, you do some research, and, you know, you decide ultimately what you want to do. But we got a lot of tools, write-ups, the Slack chat. Uh, I'm in there, too, as well, helping you guys out if you have the last-minute decision. So that's why it's worth it. you got plenty of different ways to to cash. Uh, even last night where a lot of unexpected players uh, didn't produce, still was able to cash in the cash games last night as I uh, had my core of LeBron James and Jokic, and it was enough to cash. We also have you covered NHL DFS and NFL DFS, where, again, they optimized this past weekend at Travis Kelsey, uh, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, and Eckler was low-owned. You know, everyone thought it was going to be Justin Jackson, but it was Eckler who still had the majority of the touches. And VegasWhispers.com, last night their play was Seattle minus three. That worked out. And actually tonight they actually have uh, a quite a few NHL games on the slate. A couple of them might have started already at 7 p.m. Eastern. But, uh, again, if you uh, become a member, uh, VegasWhispers.com, you get set up and you have a private Twitter feed that you get access to where you get alerts sent to your phone. It's so convenient. And then anytime anything comes in, there's actually they've already given out two picks for week 15 in the NFL. So they were the over under on two games, which means that they probably have some intel that that line is going to move in a certain direction. And actually, one of them already has moved a point and a half. So that's the key. And what these guys do is they get you in early before the lines move. So that's why it's a benefit to join. Uh, so check it out. And you can follow them on Twitter, at Vegas Whispers. That's not the private feed. That's the public feed. But they tally up and let you know at the end of the night how they fare. It's all public, and it's all open. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. And obviously, they've been crushing it with college football. 73% over the last, I think, six weeks it is. But uh, a lot of bowl games coming up. So looking forward to taking advantage, making that extra cash for the holidays because you know you got to spend on the family, the the girl, the boyfriend, the kids, the nephews and nieces, man, it's costly. It's costly. So we want to help put some extra money in your pocket. I'll be joined by Chris Vaccaro from TheAthletic.com in the final two segments. Always fun talking to him. He also plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues as well. But let's kick it off looking at the top news stories of the day. And Tuesday is usually the slowest day, but got a big game on Thursday. We have some news with that game. Now, Melvin Gordon was back at practice today for the Chargers. He got in a limited session. So it's looking like there's a chance he plays. Now, Gordon said he's going to be a game-time decision. I still think he doesn't play. I understand this is a huge game for the Chiefs. You know, think about it. In the AFC, they have the second-most wins, but they're the five seed right now because the division is so important, and the Chiefs have a game lead. So the Chargers still have a shot to be the top seed Although I think the Chiefs still have the tiebreaker if they're tied. Remember, the Chiefs won the first matchup of the year. So if the Chargers are able to get this game, they'll be tied for first. But I think the Chiefs have a better division and conference record as well. So they would still need another loss by the Chiefs. And then Chargers would have to win their final two games. But 
mathematically, they still have that shot. So it is a big game for them. Uh, in the division, the Chiefs are 4-0, Chargers are 2-2. Two and two. And in the conference, the Chiefs are 9-1 and one, and the Chargers are 7-2. So uh, that still goes by the way of the Chiefs. But the go- bottom line is they need Gordon healthy for the playoffs. And as much as Gordon would like to be back, I still have a feeling he doesn't play this week. So I would be prepared to be without Melvin Gordon. I think most of you probably figured that. I thought there was a shot he would play this week, but he didn't practice at all last week. So again, at least we'll know early on Thursday. We will have a great idea around 7 p.m. Eastern, and you can make the decision then because obviously it affects other running backs. Now, with Austin Eckler, he's probably not playing. He did not practice today. He's on the injury report and in concussion protocol. So it's a short week. He also has a stinger. He's definitely, to me, not going to play. I have him in a league where I could really use him in a 14-team league in the semifinals. It's going to be a big loss uh, because Eckler was lined up, as we have seen, to have a a very good game here and a high-scoring game. So it's really a tough break for those that have had Eckler. You know, he did not produce as expected in Week 13 against the Steelers, but he had a good game last week as he came through with 16 points in a PPR and found the end zone. But uh, just unfortunate timing here. He's probably going to be out. And obviously, the guy that everyone is keeping an eye on is Justin Jackson. Now, he was picked up in most leagues over the last two weeks. If he's somehow available in your league, go get him for sure. Uh, He is in line to see a big workload if Melvin Gordon is out. We saw him be productive in Week 13 against the Steelers in the fourth quarter. He only played 14 snaps, but he had eight carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Last week, he wasn't as effective against the Bengals. A little surprising, only seven carries, 12 yards, did have two receptions for 23 yards. But this is going to be, you would think, a high-scoring game. Uh, I expect it to go back and forth, and Jackson will be in a really good spot if Melvin Gordon doesn't go. So that's this is a lot of news that uh, is going to play a big impact. It really comes down to Melvin Gordon because I think Eckler will be ruled out. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's ruled out tomorrow. And then uh, we'll have to wait uh, for Melvin Gordon on that game-time decision. And that's going to put Justin Jackson in a really good spot. It's going to make him a, a top 20 running back this week. So for those that have held on to him and stashed him, because I think a lot of people thought uh, thought he was in play last week. And, you know, I did. I liked Eckler better, and our projections had Eckler better. But you could have used Jackson uh, if you were really hurting at running back because you thought the script was going to go the Chargers in command against the Bengals. But as we have seen with the Chargers, and that's my one knock at them, I really like this team. I am rooting for them. But they tend to have these games against lower-level competition where they just don't show up or they don't play to the level. Like, that is a game last week the Chargers should have just blown out the Bengals, and they didn't. They let them hang in. So that's a little bit of a concern. But uh, if Gordon's out, Jackson, probably a top 15 running back. I think he's got to be in the top 15 this week because he's going to get a lot of touches that he can handle. So. That's how it goes, week 15, and we could be looking at Justin Jackson as a big difference maker. Tyree Kill was limited in practice today. I did see some video of him jogging, but all indications are is he is going to play. Obviously, he won't be 100%, and he wasn't last week, and he still produced. So this is also a huge game for the Chiefs because they win, then they have a two-game lead, and then they're in control of the number one seed at home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and that is really big for them. It'll probably allow them to rest Tyreek Hill maybe week 17 as well. Get these guys healthy for the playoffs. It's going to be really difficult to go into Arrowhead and win, although we did see Baltimore last week almost pull it off as they went into overtime. 
Spencer Ware is a little banged up as well for the Chiefs. He's dealing with a shoulder and a hamstring injury. He did not practice today. Now, I did say I think it was late in the first half. You know, he hurt the shoulder. He stayed down, but he came back in the game. So there you see he is day-to-day. It sounds like he will play, but, you know, you could see more Damian Williams here. We did see Williams quite a bit. He actually played one more snap than Ware, but Ware had 20 touches compared to 12 for Damian Williams. So Williams, if he's out there, certainly could pick him up. I mean, I'm in a 14-team league where he was taken last week, and I am so hurt at running back with the loss of Eckler that I would have started Damian Williams in that league here in the semifinals had he been available, but he's not. So a high-scoring game. And, and where could be out or where could get banged up during the game. You know, maybe he gives it a go and isn't 100%. So uh, that definitely puts Damian Williams on the radar this week as a potential pickup as well, uh, especially if you have a lot of issues at the running back position. Uh, the Eagles placed Corey Clement on injured reserve with a knee injury, so he's done. We pretty much knew that. If you saw the play and you were watching Dallas, it did not look good for him just when he was becoming healthy. So... Right now, it's Adams, Wendell Smallwood, and Darren Sproles. You know, Adams has been a disappointment. You know, it looked like he was going to be a difference maker here down the stretch. The problem is he's just not involved in the passing game at all. That's a real problem. And it's crazy because in week 11, we saw him get six targets. And I know they were getting crushed by the Saints early, so maybe that was a factor where they just left him in there. But... He had 22 carries in Week 12, 20 in Week 13, and obviously this past week against Dallas, only 7 for 36 yards. He only played 21 snaps. They were playing from behind. Uh, they just realized they couldn't run the ball, so we saw more Clement, Darren Sproles, and Wendell Smolin in that one. So, you know, Adams, you know, getting the touches, but the problem is very touchdown dependent, and he doesn't give you anything in the passing game. And going up against the Rams on Sunday night, and you got to think the Rams' offense bounces back in a big way, especially with the way that secondary has been for Philadelphia. So if they're playing from behind, that could hurt a guy like Josh Adams, who, again, has looked good, but it's just game flow and not involved in the passing game enough. Cortland Sutton didn't practice today. He's dealing with a thigh injury. Remember, there's two games on Saturday. The Broncos are one of them as they'll play the Browns. Now, Sutton did leave the game a little bit against San Francisco. I mean, against, uh, yeah, against San Francisco in week 14, but he did return and finish the game, had a target in the end zone that he couldn't corral. But, you know, the key here for uh, the Denver passing game is the status of Denzel Ward. Uh, He's the top cover corner for the Browns. You know, he's dealing with a concussion. He didn't practice today. So if he's out, that's going to be good. But, you know, how much confidence do you have a guy like Cortland Sutton right now? If he burned a lot of us last week, you know, I used him in a couple of season-long leagues and uh, he just didn't come through. You know, two catches for 14 yards on six targets. So, with Demarius Thomas gone, he has let us down. You know, he's only scored one time since week eight. And it looked like a pretty good matchup this past week because he didn't see Richard Sherman all the time. They keep Richard Sherman, and we talked about it last week, that he is stationary. He only goes to one side. So, something to keep an eye on there. The Jets, oh, my God. The running back position for the Jets is in shambles right now. First of all, Isaiah Crowell had a walking boot on his injured left foot today. Probably not going to play. He left the game with injury last week. There's no need to push him. The Jets are obviously out of it. They're looking to get a better draft pick. So Elijah McGuire was in the waiver wire column today because he got the touches last week, and he looked pretty good. Well, he wasn't at practice today either with an ankle injury. Okay, so let's go down to the next guy on the chart, Trenton Cannon. 
He didn't practice today with a hamstring injury. So who knows? The Jets might have to go sign someone. It's not a great matchup. They're going against the Texans. Texans have been good against the run. You got to think the Texans are leading in this game. But Elijah McGuire should be on the field a lot if he's healthy and maybe catch four or five passes as they play from behind. So, again, it's more for desperation plays at this point. You know, you lost Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, something like that. They're more desperation plays uh, if McGuire is even able to go. Speaking of James Conner, Mike Tomlin said it's possible he plays this week. They don't want to rule him out just yet. Still, my guess is he probably doesn't play this week. And you see Jalen Samuels be the lead back again. He wasn't very effective running between the tackles on the ground, but played a big part in the passing game. And you got to think the Steelers are going to be passing quite a bit as they go up against the Patriots this week in a big game for the Steelers, who will also try out kickers this week. Chris Boswell has been terrible. I don't know why they signed him to a four-year contract for over $16 million in the offseason, but, man, he has been brutal. And he missed two kicks this past week, including the game-tying field goal. Ben Roethlisberger expects to play this week as he's been dealing with the rib injuries. Kiki QT is trending toward playing, but theres I don't think you can put him in your lineup as he's dealt with the hamstring issues all season long. Lots more ahead when we return. Chris Vaccaro from The Athletic. He will join me to look at some of the top storylines for Week 15. It's all ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. We got you covered with the Week 15 Fab Guide. News and notes from Dr. Otto and the Week 15 projections are up from Sean Childs. We'll answer your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. And also for your DFS needs, scoutdfs.com. Joining me now, it is Chris Vaccaro. You can find him at theathletic.com. Chris, what's going on? Adam, what's up, buddy? Uh, hopefully your uh, first week of the fantasy playoffs was uh, pretty good and you advanced in most of your leagues. And uh, we're on to the second week of the playoffs. We only got two more of these left, buddy. It's crazy how, uh, you know, I know we always say it, how quick the, the season goes, but you look up and uh, we're almost at the finish line. Yeah, it, it was another crazy week. So many backups scoring touchdowns. Brandon Bolden getting two touches oh. scoring touchdowns. Uh, it seemed like to me the scores were lower than usual as well. Did you find that across your leagues? For sure. Oh, God, yeah, for sure. The scoring was really off. I think between 1 o'clock and one forty-five on Sunday uh, when the games kicked off, I-, I would say maybe eight out of the first ten touchdowns were scored by absolute scrubs that nobody even had rostered, it seemed like. So once the day started off like that, you knew it was going to be a weird week. And uh, with so many superstars and fantasy studs um, crapping the bed, uh, it made for a really head-scratching day in Week 14. 
I don't know how much exposure you had to Odell Beckham, but I was driving Saturday, got the alert that he was out, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, Because I don't even remember if he was even on the injury report. So that was certainly stunning. No, yeah, right? He wasn't on the injury report, right? Nope, he was not. And uh, maybe the Giants were lying about this because it turns out that he got hurt on the last play of the game the week before versus the Eagles uh, on a lateral at the end of the game um, that was a, like a leg whip. So he was hurt, you know, in that game. And, you know, to not report him or say anything, I don't know what he did in practice like earlier in the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, he must have obviously been out there because it wasn't like he didn't practice. That would have been all over the news. But, my God, to have a first-round stud talent on a Saturday just pop up and say, oh, yeah, he's out, is – must have been devastating to his owners. Uh, you know, you started off that question asking me if I had any shares of him. I have zero Odell Beckham. So I was actually one of those guys that I was, uh, you know, let out a nice yes when uh, I heard that news. But I, I'm sure you were on the opposite side of that. Yeah, no, I didn't have him either. And I see in two of my oh. leagues, I, I was looking at two playoff teams that had him, and they both won. So <laughs> I guess it really didn't matter. Well, yeah. It's crazy. But, well, I think that that just goes to that just goes to show you what kind of crazy week it was, right? Yeah. There. Yeah, and I feel like we say that a lot, but especially the last two weeks. So again, it is kind of survival of the fittest year and just getting by. But uh, we've had two crazy low-scoring games that have been pretty boring, unless you love defense. The last two nights, but first, let's start with the Bears and Rams. What do you? What can you yep. take away from this game? Because you know how people are—they overreact. Oh, the Rams suck now, and this and that. I mean, it was on the road, cold weather against a good defense. I didn't expect Jared Goff to have a big game. I also didn't expect him to throw four picks and no touchdowns. You know, Todd Gurley, people were relying on. Was this just, hey, bad matchup on the road, cold, good defense? And obviously they're holding this week against the Eagles in prime time, which is a great matchup. So how do you kind of look at uh, at the Rams offense specifically that has carried so many owners this far? Terrible matchup for them on the road. Um, you know, you take off who, um, you know, he hasn't proven he can win in the cold. Uh, it's starting to get into the December, you know, into December now. Uh, that game was 20 degrees. There wasn't that much wind, but you could see that, you know, he's just not the same quarterback when you put him in a good environment. Um, you know, I just chalk it up to that. I, I wouldn't have any concerns about that Rams offense. Um you know, Brandon Cooks was, you know, nowhere to be found. Terrible game. Todd Gurley had 11 carries, uncharacteristic. You got to ride, you know, in a game like that, you should ride your running back if you see your quarterback is struggling. But um, everything the Bears defense did worked. Uh, the Rams were just off track. It's one of those games that I, we talk about, you know, it's the NFL. You know, these teams aren't going to come out and just run teams, you know, their opponents over 17 straight weeks in a row, you know. You take a team like that, they were, what, 11-1, and I believe, the Rams, coming into that game. You put them on the road in the cold that night versus a good team, and they're going to lay an egg, and that's what happened. But uh, I don't have any concerns. I think the Rams come right back. They bounce back. And if you were able to survive week 14 as a girly, goth, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods owner, I think you're going to be flying high into the championship game because they're going to embarrass that Eagles defense on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. I think that the same thing is going to happen, and I would not have any reservations about them this week. On the other side, though, the Bears' offense, it looked dreadful, too. I know Mitch Trubisky's first game back, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't good. And it seems like that's an offense where 
we really can't rely on anyone. You know, Trey Burton's been very erratic. Allen Robinson. I mean, Tariq Cohen seems to be like the only guy that you can count on. Is that the way you look at it as we head into the semifinal week? Yeah, matchup specific, I think this Bears offense was. I mean, let's, you know, let's remember this team was rolling offensively in the middle of the season for those couple weeks. And then they, you know, they have those weeks where they look terrible offensively. I think getting Trubisky back into the offense after a couple weeks with Chase Daniel, um, you know, at quarterback, I think the Bears will be all right. They're never going to be an offensive powerhouse, I don't think. Um, And, you know, who to – who can you trust in this offense? I think it is only Tariq Cohen. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson, I think, is hit or miss. I think he would be the second option of guys you want to play. But all these complimentary players after that, you know, we all had high hopes. Well, most of us had high hopes for Trey Burton this year. And, yeah, he had those glimpses in certain games where he, he looked like he could be a top six tight end. But looks like those days are finished. Uh, Anthony Miller laid a goose egg this past week. So after he was coming on strong for a, you know, a while, he looked like he could be a, a dependable wide receiver three on fantasy teams. But I think those days are done too. So, you know, and then don't even get me started with Jordan Howard. Now he wants to run for a hundred oh, yards after everybody became an afterthought for everybody. But how can you trust him, Adam? Because he doesn't catch any balls. And unless he scores a touchdown, what is he really doing for you? He's one of those guys that, yeah, great. He ran for 100, but that's 10 points. That's not really, you know, getting me excited. So, um, you know, it's going to be a hit-or-miss offense. And uh, besides Tariq Cohen, just keep rolling that Bears defense out. That's the best fantasy asset that they can give. That's for sure, and I agree on Howard. I, like, I just, whenever I get questions, I just cannot recommend him. And I have him in a league, and I cannot play him because you mentioned if he's not scoring a touchdown and he hasn't scored much lately, he doesn't help. He's irrelevant in the passing game. Right. They had him. They actually were using him the first two games of the year in the passing game. I said, okay, maybe we have something here. And they weren't using Tariq Cohen then. And I guess they realized, okay, Cohen's the more explosive guy. We got to use him more. And it's really hurt Howard in a major way. I just don't see like when he when he didn't score against the Giants. I was like, that's it, man. If he can't score in that matchup, then you just can't use him in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the funny part. I look up and I have a team with Jordan Howard on it that's still alive. And you know what? I, I he's at home versus the Packers. This yeah, versus I, defense I do. That is completely depleted. Um, you know, they lost Mike Daniels up front. They lose Perry. The, the defense is just depleted. And I could see the Bears. I think the Bears killed the Packers this week, personally. I think the Packers, that was a facade this past week versus a terrible Falcons team and defense. I think the Bears at home, after, especially after the way they started the season, losing to the Packers. And now they see a you know a wounded animal like the Packers, and they want to finish them off, even though they kind of finished already. They could put the final nail in the coffin at home. Uh, I think the Bears trounced them, and what better to have Jordan Howard in a situation where maybe they're leading by double digits in the second half in a cold weather game? This is a type of Jordan Howard game where I could see him getting eighty to a hundred yards and a touchdown. You know, I do have a team, too, in the uh, Fantasy Football World Championship Online League where I do have Jordan Howard. I actually might, I might have to play him, too. I didn't play him last option? week. Uh, what are your options? I have uh, my running backs are Gurley, Carson, Howard, Theo Riddick, Josh Adams. And at receiver... All right, so you're not playing Riddick and Adams. You're not playing Riddick and Adams, right? I'm playing Gurley this and week. Carson. Uh, yeah, those are your top two now. Are you flexing Jordan Howard? Well, I got... 
Corey Davis, Edelman, mm-hmm. and Godwin at wide receiver. Uh, I can't play Doxon. Oh, Godwin. Yeah, we'll talk oh. about him in a second. Uh, yeah. Doxon I can't use with the quarterback situation. He was yep. in concussion protocol. I can't use Traquan Smith. And then Josh Reynolds nope. against Philly. I would roll Reynolds out there. Uh, now, this is FFWC we're talking? Yeah. So we have so double flex. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I, I, might have I would to use play him. Reynolds and Jordan Howard. I would go Reynolds and Jordan Howard. Yeah, I might have to. Oh, boy. Uh, I've gone this yeah. far without him. Uh, but we brought up... We brought up Chris. We brought up Chris Godwin, who looked like he was going to be, you know, a difference maker for teams. And then last week he goes out there, ten targets. All right, we love that. One catch for thirteen yards. Was it just uh, Winston and him not connecting? We know the Saints' defense has been better. Can we go back to Godwin this week because he is going up against the Ravens? I mean, Adam, I'm so frustrated. I think. I'm really don't know where where to start with the with not only Chris Godwin, but I want to lump the same type of receivers all together with Kenny Galladay and Cortland Sutton. These are three guys that I really just thought that they were going to be up and coming, you know, uh, you know, stars for fantasy down the stretch. They all laid an egg for me. They were the three reasons that I, I'm depressed today after Week 14. Um, with Godwin, I don't, I don't like the matchup. I, I really don't. Um, you know, he got, he gets ten targets and one catch. Like, do we chalk this up to just, you know, bad timing or just an off connection because of the targets? And go back to the guy. Um, I really don't know what I'm going to do with Godwin this second week of the fantasy playoffs. It's going to depend on you know my my uh, matchups and, and other players that I have. But uh, if I do play him and go back to him, it won't be with confidence. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. I have to use him in a 14-team league, and some of my 12-team leagues might have to that use him. That was such but... a good spot for him, Adam. Yeah. That was such a good spot for him versus the Saints. It's just like, what is going on? I mean, ugh, it's a very, very frustrating game, uh, you know, for Godwin. And you mentioned another guy who we both have liked, and he did come through for us two weeks ago with a touchdown. But this past week, I mean, he did get banked up, but still no excuse. I mean, Cortland Sutton, uh, it's going to be tough now to to roll him out with confidence. I mean, there's a possibility Denzel Ward doesn't play. He didn't practice today right. with a concussion, so that would be huge. But, you know, Sutton wasn't on Sherman the entire time. He didn't face Sherman the entire time. So... You know, two for 14, mm-hmm. uh, you know, six targets. Uh, this is not what we wanted out of Sutton. He's kind of let us down after this departure of Demarius Thomas. Yeah, it keeps going. Um, he's only had that one good game, which was the previous week. So, I mean, it's getting late in the game here. Uh, he does have, if Denzel Ward sits, it's another good matchup. And then, you know, the following week it's versus Oakland. So, you know, two good matchups to end the season if, Ward sits, but if Ward plays, you got to figure that he's going to see most of Ward, and that that looks like more of a sit than a start to me. Uh, you know, especially the way this offense is pretty much going uh, through Philip Lindsay. Talking to Christopher Carroll from theAthletic.com. What about a guy like Deshaun Hamilton? Uh, you know, out of Penn State, we knew the talent was there. Didn't get much of an opportunity early in the year. Was a little banged up, but he played. Season high in snaps out of the slot at nine targets, seven catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. You know, for those people that still have access to the waiver wire, 
would you consider picking him up and maybe using him this week? Yeah, I mean, depending on what you have, uh, you know, available. There's so many guys that are just dropping like flies at this point, Adam. I just feel like, I feel like so many fantasy teams are just limping to the finish line this year, where it seems like there really wasn't that. Like, do you feel like this year was, you know, uh, unlike the last two or three where there were so many injuries? You know, I, I feel like this was the least, you know, amount of injuries we saw in fantasy compared to these past couple of years. Um, but now it seems like it's starting to catch up. You know, these last two or three weeks, it seems like a bunch of guys are out and, and hurt. So you, people are just filling in, and, and you see a lot of those Bruce Ellington types, the guys that people are just throwing in their flex and hoping to get six catches for 50 yards. And I think that's where Deshaun Hamilton fits in right now, is if you're losing guys, and in the high-stakes world, like we play in, Adam, you see so many guys, you look at guys' benches, and they have four or five guys on IR since last week, and they can't pick up players. But if they have Hamilton, they might have to fit him in there because people are having a tough time filling out a starting roster right now. Yeah, no, I agree. It seemed like it was pretty good, no major injuries for most of the year, but then the last two weeks has just been devastating. And, you know, from the Kareem right. Hunt to Melvin Gordon to James Conner to the Beckham last second, oh. A.J. Green coming back and getting Hard. It's just been ridiculous. And we're talking superstars. Yeah, and, and it's not, you know, and, and we could talk about the the secondary players that are getting banged up and, and, and you know, the Tiki Kutis and the Jordan Reed, like, the you know, the the second-rate players. But, my God, you just, made, you just named a, a bunch of them, you know. Uh, this is why you saw the scores being so much lower this week than in past weeks where it was a, it was a really high-scoring season, Adam, you know. The first eight, ten weeks of the season, every week we would talk and, and say, wow, I mean, you look across the leagues and everybody's in the 160s, 170s. Who's, you had a couple guys always in the 185 range. The scores were so high because there weren't a lot of injuries this year and the studs were producing. So, you know, now we get later in the season and with all the guys that you just mentioned being out of the lineups, people just putting patchwork guys. You know how many zeros I saw in people's lineups this week? And, and twos and threes and everything like that. Uh, really low-scoring week, and, you know, it's because of the injuries. Yeah, let's not forget, too. How about those people that said, oh, wait, I got Austin Eckler, I'm good now, and now he's probably not going to play this week. Oh, my God. I mean, my, my New York super team, uh, you know, it, it, we, we're in the playoffs now in the top four advanced to the, the three-week playoff, Adam, and I have Melvin Gordon all year long. And he goes down, and I'm like, all right, at least I was smart enough to have Austin Eckler on this team, so I'm good. Now I go into this week's game versus the Chiefs probably without both of them. So, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's just a war of attrition right now. You're just trying to put patchwork players and patchwork lineups together, and this isn't the time you want to be doing it this late in the season with all the money on the line. It's true. So in my, you know, my online is the same thing. So it's the four teams. The team who scored the most had to play Demarius Thomas, Ben Watson, LeGarrett Blunt, and got a two from Calvin Ridley. I mean, Ben Watson at tight end. Oh, oh my God! It's it's really out of control. Another I team. Mean, the, the, team with... the team behind him had to play Marquise Goodwin, Seth Roberts, and C.J. Uzuma as the flex, and Duke Johnson. I'm. This is what I'm talking about. It's crazy. I could tell you. I could tell you ten stories just like that. It, it's out of control. It, it really is. Uh, we'll talk about it on on the flip side. I'm sure.
Yeah, definitely, for sure. It's uh, crazy, and it is survival of the fittest, man. Mob Deep Song, it's definitely appropriate right now for the fantasy football playoffs. But lots more ahead. Chris Vicaro from TheAthletic.com also plays a lot of high-stakes leagues. We'll talk more about some of the top things that happened in Week 14 and what to look ahead to in Week 15. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Got the Week 15 Fab Guide up. And if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY18 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. That's promo code FNTSY18 to get your 100% bonus deposit. Joined by Chris Vicaro from TheAthletic.com. Chris, I know you like to... Wager on some games. Uh, how'd you do this past weekend? Uh, you know, Adam, I went a little light this week, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, with the fantasy playoffs starting, and I had so much action going and so many teams to follow and, and players, and this is really when I actually take a step back from, uh, you know, the gambling world for a couple weeks uh, with the fantasy playoffs on the line. So I really didn't. You know, uh, dive into uh, you know the you know the, the sports wagering as we call it um, this past week. Took the week off to focus on my fantasy team. Okay, I really liked the Colts last week, so I took the money line. I had said it on the show that I thought the Colts were going to beat the Texans because if you right. look, the Texans are good. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but when they're nine game winning streak, they really didn't beat anyone great. It's still the NFL, and you won the games as we've seen. But the Colts had success against them early uh, in the year, and I just felt that was a big game for the Colts. And it didn't look good early on. I was like, ah. But uh, they came through, and they really controlled that game. So uh, it was on the Colts last week, and, and they came through. I agree. I I agree. I think we talked about it last week or the week before that we thought the Texans were a little uh, overrated and that record wasn't, uh, you know, a, a true you know reflection of who they really are. Um, and I thought the Colts were in a decent spot, too. Uh, I believe, what, with the Colts getting plus four in that game, right? Yeah, they were getting four. I just, I just did the money line because I thought yeah. they were going to win. It was plus yeah. 170, so uh, I just felt, I felt like they were going to win, and I think 
I think they're a pretty good team. I mean, I would like to see them get in the playoffs. It's going to be tough now. I mean, Baltimore. I mean, there's a possibility. Maybe Baltimore wins the division and the Steelers don't get in. You know, the Steelers got to play the Patriots and the Saints the next two weeks. Yes, and uh, that's why that loss uh, the other day. Uh, was terrible you know, for the, the Steelers. Oakland. Brutal. Such a terrible. Because that win basically, you know, and they're fine. if they win that game, they're basically fine. They'll win the, win in the division. Even you know, they could go into this next week versus the Patriots and the Saints the following week. If they get a split, that's all they're looking for in those next two games. Even if they lose both games, they go into that final week, they get a win, and they, you know, unless the Ravens run the table, the Steelers would wind up winning the division. But now they're in trouble because of the two games they have ahead of them and the loss to the Raiders. And the Ravens are breathing down their neck. Yeah, the Ravens are home to the Bucks this week. Then they're at the Chargers, and you know if the Chargers lose this week, you know they might not uh, they might not really care about that game because they'd be locked into the five seed. Because uh, if they lose this week, they're pretty much yeah. out of the. Di- can the Chiefs clinch a division with a win? I think they can, right? Because it would give them a two game lead with two games uh, left, and they already swept the Chargers if yeah, they win this they week. Yeah, both, yeah, they beat they beat them in week one, so yeah, yeah. it would be. Mm. Uh, I'm sure that you know. I don't think the Chargers would shut it down or be no, they wouldn't, but... in Week 16 versus the Ravens because you know they don't want to lose that five seed. Uh, you know, in case the Ravens win a couple games in a row or the Steelers, and, yeah. and you know, teams don't usually shut it down until that last week. Well, they but, wouldn't uh, play. They wouldn't play. They wouldn't play Melvin Gordon though. Well, first of all, what's your inkling on Melvin Gordon Thursday night? I don't think he plays. I don't think we see him. No, I don't think we see him. Uh, I was getting excited when the rumors came out last weekend that, you know, they were targeting this game. I thought all along, you know, once he got hurt, that this was, you know, this was bad having them have this game on Thursday night because I knew he wasn't playing last week or the week before. And I said, oh, man, you know, and a Thursday nighter, I'm not going to see this guy and get him back until week 16, and I don't think I'm going to. So, uh, I don't think we see him uh, this week on a short week, but uh, you know who knows? Maybe he surprises us. I, did he send out something on Twitter? Like he was, uh, he said he's a game that everybody he's, got excited about. He was limited in practice. He said he's going to be a game time decision. Yeah, I mean, I, I take that with a grain of salt. But I thought I saw somebody. You know, he posted a picture on his own. You know, with a picture of him and Rivers and saying something like, you know, like ready for war or, you know, ready for action. And everybody started getting all excited, jumping to conclusions. And, uh, you know, fools like me jump the gun and start thinking we're getting him back. And then, you know, Thursday the game starts and, uh, you know, we don't have any Melvin Gordon. Yeah, certainly possible uh, for sure. And they have you know, bigger, they, they got bigger plans. Adam. They do. They yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They need him healthy so, for the playoffs. They, I think they know that. Yeah. They already made a big mistake. Yeah, chances are they're not going to wind up even. You know, so they win this game. Just say in Kansas City, and they're both ten and three. I don't know what the Chiefs' schedule looks like the last couple weeks. The Chiefs are. I no believe the Chargers win them. The well, yeah, because mm-hmm. the Chargers have the Ravens, and I think it was the Browns in Week Seventeen. And the Chiefs, I now you got to play. You got to play in your division. You got to play in your division in seventeen. So. The Chiefs are in uh, Seattle next week. Yeah, so, all right. Well, there you go. On a it's Sunday a, night game, the 23rd. That's the Sunday night game. Chiefs in Seattle. Yeah, that's a tough game. So, <laughs> hey, I'm sure, listen, if Melvin Gordon was 100%, you know, or close to it, they'd probably roll him out there. But, 
you know, like I said, bigger plans. Uh, they don't want to rush them back, have it set back, and then, you know, their January is shot. So I'm, sh- I'm sure we won't see yeah, the Ravens are at the Browns in Week 17. It's Broncos Chargers in Week 17 in Denver. So yeah. they'll be probably looking to play spoiler. So very interesting there. But uh, last week on Thursday night, man, you must have been ecstatic. I saw that you were forced to play Derrick Henry in the league. And that's what I was saying. I said the people who played Derrick Henry had to do it out of necessity. They either had James Conner or something like that, right? And what was your situation where you played Derrick Henry? A hundred percent. So... Uh, Melvin Gordon. There you go. We just talked about Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is my stud. I uh, lost him. Uh, lost another running back. Um, and it's just one of those teams that, uh, you know, a heavy wide receiver team, good tight ends and Rogers. Uh, so I've had Melvin Gordon and been a patchwork at my RB two position. Uh, and so when Melvin Gordon went down these last couple of weeks, I've been throwing LeGarrette Blunt and, and Derrick Henry in there and they've been getting me 12, 15 points. If you remember on Thanksgiving, LeGarrette Blunt had a huge game. So I've been just getting by, won my league, uh, went to the playoffs, rode Derrick Henry again. I threw him in there. I really didn't have a choice. And uh, sure enough, that goes and happens. And I was sitting, uh, you know, first overall for, uh, uh, you know, for, uh, for that night. It was crazy. What do you make of Derrick Henry this week? Because I think people are going to be like, oh, I can't bench him. He's coming off that game. He is going up against the Giants on the road. We have seen the Giants struggle against the run. You've seen the upside, but you know we, that's really the first big game. I think that's his first 100-yard game of the season. So you know, what's your recommendation yeah. for Derrick Henry owners this week? And obviously you're one of them. You might be forced. If no Gordon, you get him right back in there. But what are the people – what if some people have some choices? I, you know what, Adam? I, I, I've from the from what I've heard these last couple of days since the Henry, everybody's negative. Like, oh, uh, you know, now you know he's gonna, you know, have 15 carries for 40 yards this week. I see it opposite. We're getting into the cold weather here in December. I think Derrick Henry finishes this season strong, 15, 16, 17. Uh, I, I'm rolling it out there and not even considering sitting him. I, I think he's a, you know, a, a 20 carry game, uh, you know, running back going forward uh for whatever reason even these past couple weeks before he had the huge game you know he's starting to get more touches he started looking a little better Deion lewis started taking a little bit more of a back seat to him the week before i think it was like a 55 45 split if i'm right uh on that it just seemed like you know all right he was starting to get into like flex consideration so it wasn't even like oh, all right I'm, i don't have melvin gordon i gotta start this guy and i hate him it wasn't even like that. It was really like, all right, you know, this isn't a great matchup or a great game, but I'm putting him out there. And then that happened, and I like him. I think he's a solid RB2 this week uh, versus the Giants. Talking to Chris Vaccaro from TheAthletic.com. All of a sudden, uh, Kenneth Dixon is back. Uh, had a pretty good game last week. We heard Harbaugh say that he could see more of a role going forward. I think he's looked better than Gus Edwards. He also could catch the football Uh can you can you rely on Kenneth Dixon this week against Tampa Bay? Uh, rely on him? I don't know about that, uh, Adam. You know, they're still mixing and matching. What did Ty Montgomery play, 25% of the snaps this past week? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, uh, he, he wasn't involved much. Uh, Dixon had 23 snaps, and Montgomery had 19. He only had three targets. Yeah. I actually, you know, that game was close. That's why it was back and forth. Because if you expected them to play from behind, you might have right. seen more Montgomery. 
Right. And, and, you know, I think that's where you go from here on out with this Ravens backfield is you got to kind of predict game script, but then who are we to predict game script? Because the NFL is turning so crazy these last couple of weeks that, you know, let's flip real back to the charges real quick. Oh, I, mean, I was talking about in the opening Justin segment. Jackson. Yeah. I was all talking about in the opening uh, segment. Right. No, no, it's okay. You're you right know, though. It's a... You know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to predict, and this is where the gambling comes into you know, the gambling background comes in. So you're pre- trying to predict, all right, I got the Chargers. Uh, you know, they're laying 15 points at home. This is going to be a good Justin Jackson game. And then, you know what, it becomes a dog fight. And Justin Jackson, you know, doesn't get as many carries as we were all hoping for because we think it's going to be a blowout. So now you're in this, it, it's like, a, you know, you, you're trying to put so many different things together. You're trying to play the fantasy aspect. You're trying to play the predict the game aspect, and that's where I think this Ravens backfield issue comes into hand. You look at the game, the first thing you say, all right, you know, Tampa Bay's defense stinks, and the Ravens are playing well. They should be up, and maybe this isn't the Kenneth Dixon game. You know, they're not going to be playing from behind or whatever. Maybe this is more of a Gus Edwards game, this game. Uh, so that's the way I would look at it, uh, but, you know, Harbaugh, even though take it with a grain of salt, says he should be getting more... Uh, you know, more playing time and everything, and he did look good uh, from what I saw. So, I mean, what are you going to get out of him? I don't know. Maybe he's flex, you know, flex uh, consideration this well, week. Well, I was hoping he was available in my 14-team league. That's how bad it is. I would have started him because I lost Eckler. So, uh, I'm really hurting, and I got yeah. Josh Adams. So, you know, those deep formats, but he was picked up last week. Uh, I thought about what it. What do you do like, with Josh Adams? It's tough to it's tough to play him. I mean, going against the Rams, uh, as I think we both expect that Rams offense to just rebound in a big way at home, and that puts him in a negative yeah. game strip. Now, Corey Clements is out, uh, yeah. but does that mean more Darren Sproles? Probably. You know, that's probably going to happen. Yeah. So. On paper, it looks like it's going to be more of a Sproles game than an Adams game. So, yeah, it's another. <laughs> here we are again trying to predict how the game flow is going to go. So we could, you know, put our pieces together for our fantasy lineups. No, I know you said you expect the Bears to crush the Packers. I know you are someone that owns Aaron Rodgers. What, what did you see from last week to give you any confidence? And you know, how worried are you uh, with this game against the Bears? Is you see someone that you're you're going to bench or considering it? I can't make any excuses any any longer. Like I said, it's been a nightmare. Um, and I want to say that being that I watched every single snap of that game. He looked good. The offense looked a lot better. Uh, Randall Cobb getting more involved in that offense gives him another option. Um, Jimmy Graham dropped a 50-yarder that should have been a touchdown or at least down to the two-yard line. I don't know if you saw that play. Um, He he mixes in 45 rushing yards, so the knee is healthy. Uh, so he's back to the old Aaron Rodgers of like the last couple seasons where he's giving you those rushing yards. He, he's not scared to take off and run. That's all the positive news. You know, that was great. His numbers would have been a lot bigger, the 195 passing yards. They were up big, and then they get the pick six in the middle of the second quarter. That takes another possession away from him. I am scared to death of this upcoming week of playing Rodgers, but I don't have the, uh, the you-know-what to sit him in week 15 on all my fantasy playoff teams uh, in Chicago. I hope the weather is decent. And, uh, you know, the only thing I can hope for is that he's throwing from behind all game long and sneaks out a, 
you know, a 250, two-touchdown type of game. Yeah, that's the problem. Prob- the biggest problem right now, Adam, the biggest problem right now is their offensive line is so depleted that he's getting killed. He's, yeah, he's going to be under siege. Yeah, he's going to be under siege. You know, Mac and all these guys are going to kill him this week. Yeah, three offensive linemen were out, you know, and, you know, that's why you got to pay attention to that on, on Sunday mornings. And I had tweeted that out for people uh, because, you know, I think a lot of people were on Rodgers and DFS because of the whole, oh, the coach is gone. And I and I considered it. And I was like, I can't. I, I didn't roll with him uh, eventually. I just, I just didn't see a huge ceiling game. You know, everyone was like, well, the coach is gone. I'm like, well, maybe they just stink. Did anyone think that? <laughs> maybe they just suck. You know? Exactly. It happens. It's not exactly. always. Did they? Yeah, that and the fact that they just completely changed the playbook and like uh, since they fired McCarthy four days earlier, or did I miss something? You know, yeah. it's still going to be the same plays, just a different guy calling them. Uh, how about James White? I think a lot of people felt early in there. All right, uh, I got I got myself a league winner here. His snaps have gone down each and every week. Uh, how, how worried would you be as a James White owner now trying to deploy him? We talk about game script. Here you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I actually like him this upcoming week. I was worried about him this past week. Uh, once you knew Burkhead was coming back and Sony Michelle was healthy, you just knew from watching Belichick and how he, what he does with his running backs and this Patriots team that he, it was like fool's gold all those weeks where James White was putting up the huge numbers. I was telling people in my athletic article, he should be a sell, trade him, you know, uh, in, in those last couple weeks leading up to, you know, Sonny Michelle getting healthy. Uh, you know, hopefully people did. But, uh, you know, you got to get into like a, a game script where they're playing from behind and he comes out there and he, and he catches six, seven balls to salvage your day. It's, uh, you know, the, the best days of James White are behind us. Oh, there's no doubt. I, I think I wrote about it uh, today for tomorrow, I think. And basically – it's Sony Michelle being healthy now. Remember, they had no Edelman the first four games. Sony's healthy. Burkhead's back. And Gronk, you know, he helped, He Thank benefited God. with no Gronk out there. They didn't throw to the tight end when Gronk is out. 100%. He was an extension of the pass game, the short pass game. So Brady would drop back, short pass, drop, drop it off to James White. Every other play was like a drop off to James White. He had those two or three weeks in a row where he literally had seven or eight catches by the second, the middle of the second quarter. It was like a dream. But, uh, you know, implement, you put all those other offensive weapons back into the offense. James White has to take a big step back, and that's where we're at right now. All right, that is Christopher Carroll. You can find him at theathletic.com. In the meantime, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.